0: Hey guys, welcome to the number 217 ever episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn, and today we are back with another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. And guys, we need to talk. We need to talk, and the reason why we need to talk is because the Wizards are struggling. Badly. A four-game losing streak now. Uh, sorry, I have not been able to get to some of the previous previews uh, for the last few games. I've just been very busy. I got again, all my stuff with my middle school team, so it has um, you know, taken up a portion of time. But we are going to be recapping the Wizards' last three losses against the Hornets, against the Lakers, and against the Bulls. The Bulls game was on Wednesday, Lakers game on Sunday, the Hornets game the Friday before that. Uh, so a week from a week from today, a week ago from today, a, a week ago from today. Goodness gracious, and or just a week ago, you could say. And so, I mean, I think today we're going to be recapping those three games and previewing their game against the Pacers today. But it's more going to be an episode about talking about what the Wizards need to do because this is a team that was ten and seven, and now they're eleven and fourteen. They're one and seven in their last eight games um it could just be me that's very concerning uh, it, it's not just me it's concerning and now beale's hurt so just i mean really hard to be positive there but i hope you guys are well, trying to make it as positive as possible i hope you guys do enjoy this episode if you do subscribe follow share view and let's get into this hey guys welcome to another episode of Wiz talk with chase i am chase cobra <laughs> gets for three. Oh, he's over. Brown Jr. finding Beal. Beal puts it up and in! And the Wizards take the lead. with a steal. Here's Westbrook for three. And hits it. Wizards up by one. Chased down by Beal in the corner for three. Gets fouled and hits it. A chance for the Wizards to go up by one. So let's start off by recapping the Wizards uh, versus Hornets game. And with this one, it was interesting. I wasn't able to watch the whole thing. Um, I kind of had mixed reactions about it because Beal led the team in scoring, thirty-three points, but had a minus ten plus-minus, and it just he kind of concerned me. And I'm going to talk about Beal later, but was really happy to see. Corey Kisper excels 14 points and Daniel Gafford 10 points, 12 rebounds, six blocks, people. Yes, this is why you bring this is why you bring Daniel Gaffer to the basketball game. As soon as I said in that episode a week ago that he wasn't playing to the level I was hoping. All of a sudden, he started playing well. Uh, I can all take full responsibility for that. But no seriousness, he has been stepping up in this game. You know, they had a lot of great performers. Kelly Oubre had 22 and two steals, seven rebounds. Terry Rozier had 25 points, eight assists, two steals. Mason Plumley had a double double with 17 points. PJ Washington had 21, 5, 1. So, with decent efficiency, very good efficiency, actually, from three, decent efficiency from the field. So, like, these guys are, you know, They had to go against some good opponents. And, yes, even though they they did have good games, the Wizards should have won this game. Monte Morris, uh, 12-66, good game. Uh, Kuzma, 14, fine game. Efficiency wasn't terrible. Uh, Porzingis played well, uh, 21-11, 3-1-1. But I think that this game, it came down to Bradley Beal. It absolutely came down to Bradley Beal. And what I mean by that is you're probably like, Chase, he had a good game, 33 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds, 1 steal. But in the final three possessions of a game for your team, if you go turnover, turnover, miss shot in the final three possessions of a basketball game, uh, when your team needs to score just one of those baskets to win the game, I'm sorry, but that guy does not deserve to make $251 million. I don't care about what he did earlier in the game a $251 million uh, million mega Supermax contract guy should be able to make, should be able to score in one of the final three possessions of the game and not turn the ball over out of bounds or give it right to Kelly Oubre or just miss an 18 footer, any of those things. He should be able to come up in the clutch. And I'm not saying he isn't deserving. I'm not saying that He's not a good player at all. I mean, you play 40 minutes, 33 points. But, like, when you're a minus 10 and you do that in the final plays of the game, it's very concerning. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like the Wizards play better to close games without Beal. And that's kind of frustrating because Beal's such a talented player. But I I unfortunately say that it's true. I mean, he does. Need, he needs to step up his game big time is the short version of what I'm trying to say. He needs to step up his game uh, in the fourth quarter. Because after three, sure, Beal was playing great. Woohoo! And they were down. But then when others like Daniel Gafford and Corey Kisper and Kuzma and all these Poor Zingas, all the other guys started to step up in the fourth quarter and the Wizards came back. All Beal needed to do was score one of the final three possessions of the game and he couldn't do that. And I think that is very concerning as a Wizards. But, you know, one-point loss, close game. All right, let's move on. Now you play the Lakers. Uh, I was coming back from watching the Ravens game, Ravens-Broncos game. So I didn't have time to preview this one. Uh, I did predict uh, the Lakers to win, though, for good reason. And, um, you know, Anthony Davis is playing really well. He had a 40-point performance, 40-plus-point performance against the Bucks beforehand. Playing really great basketball. And then he had 55. (laughs) And then he had 55 points. 55 points the only person that finds that concerning so remember i was talking about uh porzingis and daniel gafford being uh good well they played fine porzingis had 27 9 2 and 1 and gafford had 19 7 1 and 2 uh with <laughs> shooting 9 and 10 for the field yeah they actually both had decent offensive games but defensively, you cannot say they play well when a guy in the paint shot 22 of 30, two of three from the field, made all of his free throws, had 55 points, 17 rebounds, and three blocks. And you usually think, okay, so if he goes off, maybe the Wizards will stay in it because other players on the team wouldn't play as good, right? Nope, LeBron, 29, 8, 6, and 1. Lonnie Walker, 20 points. Uh, Russell Westbrook really didn't do that much at all. I mean, actually, I can't say that. he didn't do much scoring the ball wise, but he had seven rebounds, fifteen assists, six turnovers. He's Russell Westbrook. He's not the same player he used to be. He's never going to make that big of an impact. But he did have fifteen assists, and that's just outrageous. So another bad game for the Wizards. At least the Hornets game. This was close. And that was close. I mean, in this game, they it was closer throughout the game than it was in the Hornets game. Like it was more. They were more consistent. But I mean. When you allow a player to have 55, when you allow LeBron James' teammate to score 55, you got to expect LeBron will have a good game. <laughs> and just like that, I mean LeBron and AD went for 84 points. Like that's outrageous. 84 points. So, just two players. So, I mean, I know Anthony Davis has been playing a really good stretch of basketball, especially in the stretch when he played the Wizards. But when someone scores 55 points on you, They can't expect to win a basketball game. In this game against the Bulls, on the other hand, they play consistent. I actually think this was the Wizards' best game of the three. And the reason why I say that, I know Jordan Goodwin, by the way, hasn't been stepping up. He doesn't need to start. Uh, Daniel Gafford had his third straight double-double game. He didn't miss a shot. I mean, his double-digit point game didn't uh, miss a shot in this one. He had two blocks as well. Porzingis had 28, nine rebounds, four assists, two steals, two blocks, five turnovers. That wasn't great. Uh, but overall, to see, I think it, it showed a really well-rounded, showed a really great, well-rounded performance from the Wizards. See Porzingis of 28, Gafford of 10, 17 from Montero. Morris, 21 from Kuzma, 10 from Kisper, 10 from Avdia. It was it was just very promising. And by the way, the Wizards' steals. They had 12 steals in the game. Kuzma and Kisper both had two steals. Avdia had four steals. Porzingis had two steals. And Gafford had two. And Gafford had a steal. So, and he had two blocks. So like, that was very promising to be able to see the Wizards play really good defense. But eventually, it just came down to one thing. And the Bulls' best players were the Bulls' best players. DeMar DeRozan had 27, and Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic each had 55. I mean, not, not they do not each have 55. They each had 25, which combines for 50 points. So... You know, bada boom, bada bam. Seven. When you know those three combined for seventy-seven of the Bulls, of the Bulls' points. So, you know, the Bulls also showed up really efficiently. It was honestly just those players. The other role players just kind of did their job. When the top three players on the other side are putting up each of them putting up twenty-five plus points, also can't expect to win a basketball game. It's just all these things that the Wizards aren't doing. It all comes back to when you do that, just one little thing, you can't expect to win a basketball game. And that's true. In this exact game, when you allow the other team's best players to all have over, it's still have like one of them, maybe even two of them at 25, for all three of them to have 25. It's just outrageous. Outrageous. It absolutely is. And this is a game that the Wizards could definitely win. Now, it's unfortunate because they've lost seven of their last eight, and they're currently on a four-game losing streak. But let's just look here for a second. Right, again, 7 or lost, 8-point eight, eight loss to the Heat, 3-point loss to the Heat, 9-point uh, loss to the Celtics, 6-point loss to the Nets, 1-point loss to the Hornets, 11-point loss to the Lakers in a very consistent offensive performance, and a 4-point and loss to the Bulls after leading leading uh, leading after three, uh, after three going into the fourth quarter. So it's like all these games the Wizards have been close, but it's come down to one thing, and they made, they made one big mistake at each game and what I think the goal is now for the Wizards, it's now to make to not make that mistake. So Wes Lutzler Jr. needs to come up with a strategy to make sure that those mistakes that the Wizards are making are not going to happen, and I think that's the key thing here, and the Wizards, they're not out of this race yet. I mean, of course, they're going to have to do a lot, um, but, you know, again, Beal is out. He got injured in the Lakers game, which is very unfortunate, but what can you do? The Wizards got to find a way to win without him. And I think that's the key thing here. And we got to move on because, again, they have a chance to still continue, maybe get themselves back in a playoff spot. They're they're currently the 11th seed, which would be out of the plan if the season ended today, out of the playing tournament. So they need to start winning some basketball games, and they need to do it fast. Biel, Hachimura, and DeLon right are all out. Will Barton and Kristaps Porzingis are both questionable, but it does look like Porzingis is going to play. Just so you know, um, if Porzingis does not play, I think the Wizards will lose. But if he does play, assuming he does because it looks like he will, I have the Wizards getting a close 111 to 110 win over the Pacers. My coburn's catch for this matchup is that I think the Wizards will win this game because of the Pacers' lack of ability to shoot the ball. They're 26 in field goal percentage per game, and the Wizards have the seventh best defense when allowing field goal percentage because they're the seventh best in field goal percentage allowed per game. So I think those two things, you know, just combining a bad offensive production shooting the ball against a Good defensive production stopping the other team from shooting the ball should be in the Wizards' favor now. And I think even if the Pacers just shoot a little efficiently, it will allow the Wizards to stay in the game and have a decent offensive performance, good enough to put up 111 for the second straight game, but their defense will just play slightly better, not let the other team have those 325-plus point-per-game scores again, and it will be able to lead them to victory. My surprising statement is that I think Kyle Kuzma is going to have over 30 points in this game, and he's never done so against the Pacers in his career, so that's why this is surprising. But with Beal out and Porzingis maybe not in, um, you know, you know, even if he does play, he's not one hundred percent. Porzingis, Kuzma will be the majority of the offense. He's going to be uh, the the he's going to carry the offensive load, and that's going to be his job. he has a career high against the Pacers, over thirty points, and leads the Wizards to victory. My spread time segment. It is Wizards minus four. Uh, I'm, excuse me, Wizards, no, they're not a four-point favorite, I take that back. Oh, Wizards are a four-point underdog, Pacers are a four-point favorite, over-under 233. I easily like the under, I have just 211 points in this game, and I do like the Wizards to cover the spread. I'd have the same spread, even though I had the Wizards winning, I just think it makes sense, especially with Porzingis possibly also out with Beal. And my over-under, I'd have a much lower over-under, 225. Fantasy Outlook. I have Kyle Kuzma getting 55 to 60 fantasy points. I have Kristaps Porzingis getting 50 to 55 fantasy points. I have Tyrese Halliburton also getting 50 to 55 fantasy points. And I have Benedict Matherin getting 30 to 35 fantasy points. What punctuation do you put on that percentage? And I think the ESPN giving the Pacers a 61.8% chance of winning is a little questionable. I'd give this percentage a question mark. I think the Pacers should be the favorite. Because they have been a much better team this year. But I think it should be more about like a 55% chance of them winning, but not as high as nearly 62%. I give it a question mark. I think it's not far off, but at the same time, it's not correct, if you know what I'm saying. Last but not least, oh yeah, got I think Denny Avdia is going to have over double digit points in this game and be a very good overall player in the victory. Um, I think you know he has had a career high this year, has been scoring at an all-time high as well. Uh, or not the all-time high, but as a, at a career high as well. And I think he will have a near uh, triple-level performance, good efficiency, good defense, and he will be one of the key pieces in the Wizards' victory. I see him having 12 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, 3 of 5 shooting, that's 60% from the field, 2 of 5 shooting uh, from 3. Uh, so, excuse me, he's going to have a 10 a total a shot, actually. How many I'm um, 7. So, three of seven from the field, uh, two of five uh, from downtown, and then four of six uh, from the free throw line. I think he's also going to have two turnovers in the matchup. And overall, a really good game, especially defensively, getting all those rebounds, but also be a very productive scoring option as the Wizards finally get back on track and maybe start a new winning streak here as they look to get themselves back in the Eastern Conference playoff race. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did, subscribe, follow, share, review. And, of course, as always, I'll see you next time. Peace.